Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! And we're back, folks. Hello, Hello. everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi, how you doing? Welcome back to the Film Majors. Uh, listeners, That's I hope so you good. had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. They wouldn't oh know my this, gosh. but I'm actually early for once. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Alexis got us kicked off early today. It's a refreshing I, change. <laughs> I bet you guys were wondering what's going on. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even introduce ourselves I yet. No, we didn't it do it. It gets earlier yet. and earlier, earlier every earlier. time. I'm Zach, by the way. I'm Mick. I'm Alexis. She sure is. Well, Alexis, you you jumped this segment off. What's going on with you? Oh, you know, I uh, watched another movie with Adam Driver in it, so... Wouldn't yes, have expected did. anything less. That's right, right? on brand. Uh, yeah, no, I watched Hungry Hearts, which is a 2014 uh, movie that he actually... He won the Volpe Cup for Best Actor in Italy? <laughs> I don't even remember where the fuck that is, but... Um, Manjo Banjo. Manjo Banjo. Manjo Banjo. It's like the crazy baby lady movie, and I totally get it now, because she crazy with a baby, so... <laughs> Makes sense. That sounds about right. I also watched a crazy baby lady movie. Oh, oh was that last night? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I watched, it's maybe a little reductive to call it that, but also it's kind of descriptive. Uh, I watched Resurrection starring Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. Hmm. Uh, and Grace Kaufman, excuse yes, me. Grace Kaufman, who, uh, you, you want to give us your little fun trivia fact? I, I guess, yeah. The Grace Kaufman, who co-stars in this film, uh, worked on the first movie I ever worked on and gifted me my pet fish. Yeah. Matisse. My Matisse. pet fish. That's what I you didn't, named him. I did not name my fish, by the way. She named it, and I figured it. I figured a fish is like a boat, which is, it's bad luck to rename it, so I kept it as Matisse. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's worked out so far, because Matisse is still He's alive. He's still alive. Yeah, that was four years ago. Anyways, that's my little story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really liked Resurrection. I found oh, it nice. uh, deeply unsettling. I'll have to check it out. The more you say it, the the more you talk about it, the more it seems interesting. I walked out on it because I was tired. But. Yeah, I uh, th- if, if I had seen that last year, that would have been definitely a contender for my top 15. 2022, right? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alexis, you were saying mm-hmm. Hungry Hearts. Oh, Hungry Hearts. Uh, I don't know. Like, what else is there to say than Adam Driver's? Great. Other um, than Adam Driver's <laughs> fingers, what is there to say? No, was he brooding I, I, in this one? It, I mean, it was. There was like a lot of a lot of fucking tension because, like, to me, there's nothing like more scary than like a woman who, or, or just a person, I guess I should say, that won't take care of their child or like is taking care of them in a very like toxic way. Like, if you've ever heard mm. of people with like Munchausen by, by proxy, that shit's like kind of terrifying, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, so it was just like th- there'd be like these little moments of reprieve where you're like, oh, you know, at the very least, like he loves her. She loves the baby. But then like everything else is around this tension of like, is this baby going to fucking survive being in this household? Basically, you know, that um, sucks. You would be very frightened by resurrection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Uh, I actually saw a few <laughs> movies this week. Um, oh, what else wow, did you watch? Well done. Oh, whatchamacallit, I, I did also go see, uh, after our last recording, I went to go see Blackberry. Um, oh, I watched that too, yeah. Yeah, I actually really 
liked it. I don't know. I I really liked it. Yeah. I think I I think I liked it more than you did, Zach. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if we're going by if we're going by star if reviews, we're going then by I definitely did. On Alexis and yeah. I both enjoyed it more than you did. I, I thought it was quite good. I I think there were little bits of it that lost me, but overall, I had a good time. Yeah, mm. I think there was. Alexis, like, what did you think of it? I think that there was like maybe like a couple like pacing issues like throughout where I was like, oh, I feel like it's kind of losing like its momentum. But in general, like I really enjoyed like the humor and like the fucking the zoom in on when he's like, all you fucking little boys are all fucking playing with all your fucking penises. And it zooms in on the one girl. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. So my whole that was hilarious. My whole family went to go see that movie because my mom insisted that this movie was so good that she went to she went came with us to see it for the second time. And it was like oh, 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 she had seen it already. She'd already seen it, and she'd been trying to convince all of us to go see this movie. And so then it was like, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, it was me, my mom, my nephew, my niece, my sister, and my other nephew. Like all of us, we took up like a whole row. Nice. Um, but it was, yeah, we had a really good time. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm really excited to see what else he does, I guess, Matt Johnson. I really enjoyed him as um, the yeah. the friend. Yeah, I, I wrote in my review that he was, to me, the star of the movie, Matt Johnson. Yeah. Not yeah. because of his performance as Doug, but because of his direction. I didn't love yeah. Jay's wigs. Uh, Jay Baruchel's Jail, white wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't love them. You know how I am about hair sometimes? I did yeah. not love the wig. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting. He, great, great performance from him, though. Yeah. Holy cow. He, he really had one hell of an arc. And, but, though, I mean, we got to talk about the one and only Glenn Howard. The oh my God. God himself. Iconic. He was so good. He's so good. But again, I, I maintain that, uh, again, you have the little novelty, the self-knowing of like, oh my God, he's, he's being Dennis from, from uh, Always Sunny. But I think that minimizes his performance oh, because yeah. oh, he genuinely delivers a, a very dramatic performance. And honestly, for me, it was really refreshing to see him have this sort of material, which is actually material that in a way takes itself a little bit more seriously because he so clearly fits into a dramatic role. He's funny, but give this guy more stuff to do. I 100% forgot that that's where he's from because I don't watch always it's always sunny so I saw him and I was like wow I love this guy I literally like uh recited <laughs> this guy I, I recited a uh, a scene from the movie for my sister Natalie because she didn't go see the movie with us and I was like no you have to see this movie just so that you can see this man absolutely unhinged lose his shit <laughs> Then wow. you, and I did you the, should, I, I you should the scene watch. where he fucking like breaks the um the the phone. <laughs> yeah. The pay yeah, phone. The phone. phone. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. And I have I have the sneaking suspicion that was never intended because the camera pans with him leaving and then quickly whoo, focuses in and then readjusts focus on the fact that the top of the phone is now missing. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you Glenn Howerton just went fucking apeshit on this phone. <laughs> just yeah. lost it. Yeah, I, I doubt the direction was like, make sure you break the phone. That was also, that. that was a great movie to, uh, to watch like a week or two before I went to Canada. Cause oh I, yeah, that's true. Again, that's, a, that's a Canadian film. Yeah, I find it so funny that like Glenn Howerton's <laughs> Central dream is to uh, move the Pittsburgh Penguins to Hamilton, Ontario, which like, yeah. 
you know, if you know what's going on in the NHL right now, you'll know that uh, there are no Canadian teams in the finals. I, the Stanley Cup may have happened that by now. That feels weird. Yeah, it's fucked up. Fucking Tampa's in there. Tampa. Tampa. North Carolina is in there. <laughs> they, they should not have fucking hockey teams. They're known that's for their so, ice. That's so fucked up. If you can't, if you can't skate on the fucking streets during the winter, at least a little, if that never happened in the history of your fucking town being a place, you should not have a fucking hockey team. Wow. And that includes LA with the LA Kings. Wow. Is, oh, okay. Damn. Well, somebody feels very yeah. strongly about this. Listeners, uh, all of our hockey fans and film major fans, write in. Is Zach right? Is he wrong? Zach's he, fucking or, right. I, I, just, do you not give a fuck? <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't care. Uh, the only thing about hockey that I know is the Sharks because a bunch of my friends and an ex used to. They were really into the Sharks for like the longest time. Shouldn't exist either. Where's the ice in San Jose? That there you go. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Zach Incredible. is making very intense eyes at me right now. I spent I spent a little you know, too much time in the motherland. We should that you this, work in an it, industry where literally nothing is as it is. Like there's no I don't know, like everything's fake in Hollywood, like in the movies. Yeah, but, but sports hockey's is different. Real. Sports hockey's is different. real. Hockey's real. I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go with Zach on that. Sports are different. This matters. People have money writing on this. <laughs> Speaking cool. of which, if we do end up having a documentary cool. month, I think we should inject some sports in there. Uh, I've already, no. I, I already have an idea of Veto. what mine is going to be. Veto. Veto. <laughs> uh, it depends on the sport. It's the last dance. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's, it, I well, know. that's a series. I know. Yeah. I know. It is I really so, good, though. I so badly want to talk about you know, it You know, again, if we ever get a Patreon going... There you uh, go. Mick and I could do a bonus series. We could do a bonus series on the last, Wait, on the last I, dance. If, if you do that, can me and Tesla do a bonus series on girls? <laughs> because I just started watching girls like <laughs> a couple Wait a weeks ago. Who, who's Tesla? Tesla Nicole, is uh, one of our other Nicole friends Tesla? from uh, college who went to film school with us. Indeed. Lovely. Hello, yes. Tesla, if you're listening to this. Hi, Tesla. Yeah. You really electrify the room here. Oh, yeah. again, you know, we've got we've got all kinds of ideas for bonus content. So if you just if you click that click that follow button, click the you follow. Know, give us give us a rating, boost us, you yeah. know, maybe we'll start making a little I've bit of extra content. And on Spotify, go ahead price. and respond to the answers. What do you think of each episode? Let us know. We'd love to hear that feedback. Which, by yeah. the way, speaking of feedback. We had our first fan letter oh, come boy. in the mail today. Oh, no. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That's what's, that's what's going on with old Mickey boy. Uh, first fan letter. Uh, who, who could have possibly written us? Alexis, do you have any guesses as to who uh, uh, wrote Mr. a Harris? lovely fan? No. Very close. It was Mrs. Harris. Mi- Ms. <laughs> Ms. Harris. Oh, that's true. Ms. Harris. Or Mix, as, as she likes to go by. Or Mix for, Harris. For, for her... For her uh, for, for her kindergartners, she's trying to introduce them to the concept of gender fluidity. Mix? M-I-X? Yeah, M-X. M-X. Aww, that's, dude, that's, that's tight. I haven't heard that. that. Yeah. I yeah, like that. That's sweet. All right. Mix. <laughs> Mainly because that's my name. Okay. Mix Harris. No. I love that. No. No. Just go on so with her letter. She wrote, happy birthday, Mick. Wishing you many adventures on the sea. Thanks for boat month. Very entertaining and thought provoking. A fan from Eugene, Oregon. God, even I have even to say, if you're listening to this, and you, I'm sure you are, um, thank you so much. That's actually genuinely very sweet. I, I put the card in my room. Uh, Alexis, why are you covering your? Why did you roll your eyes, Alexis? I didn't roll my eyes. God damn it! You did. I saw it. <laughs> Alexis, I think I rolled Alexis, my eyes into the back Alexis. of my fucking head. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm spending Alexis, too much time with uh, my sister. <laughs> I think I don't think Alexis was a fan of Boat Month. I think that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't Boat think, Month got mentioned I, out of Boat Month. Yeah. I love I love talking to my sister because she just like she she spares no feelings. I was like, oh, yeah, did it. She was like, oh, so what's the episode for this week? And I was like, oh, it was Master and Commander. And she was like, oh, what's that about? And I was like, it's like men on a boat and they're they're doing like Goddamn boat right. things. And she was like, OK, well, I'm just going to skip this episode. But thanks. <laughs> and I was there like, you okay. go. <laughs> Alexis feels vindicated <laughs> with her with her blood relative. Well, I do. By the way, you can't uh, smell. You, you can't smell. <laughs> you can't smell. You can't spell commander without man. I realize that. Oh, that's my the, God. That's part of that oh, title. My buddy. God. Uh, OK, one last little thing about boat month, because my mom also sent us an email, which is probably too long for me to is read. Is that the email? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but the one thing that is attached to the bottom of this email, which at this point I probably will have shared on the Instagram, is a uh, photo of my uh, Pirates of the Caribbean-themed birthday party invite. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my mom still has that. That's so, great. Uh, yeah, I will uh, I will send it. I will put that, put that on the Instagram. Yeah. Hell That's yeah. adorable. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Do we have anything else? Yeah, uh, I watched, I watched Sanctuary. Huh? Ooh, you watched, you watched Sanctuary. I've I been watched really Sanctuary. looking forward to Sanctuary. Yeah, I heard it's it's so, it's very good. Uh, I think it got the dominatrix <laughs> relationship very right, uh, which is very refreshing because they don't often get that correct, the uh, dom and the submissive. Um, first of all, very sexy film. Very sexy, but also very, very edge of your seat, tense thriller. It's a it's a true erotic thriller. It's a true tried and true erotic thriller. Because I've seen I've seen some erotic thrillers that are uh, both not that erotic and right. not that thrilling. No, this is <laughs> this see is... Eli Roth's Knock Knock. Oh god, which is hysterical, and you should watch it. <laughs> so we are advocating for for Knock Knock. Yeah. Okay. I actually <laughs> might watch that. Who knows? It's so bad. But uh, no, uh, Sanctuary is fantastic. Uh, it's Zach, oftentimes you lament when a film that takes place in a single location does not do enough visually. Yeah. Uh, take advantage of the entire language, which is cinema. This movie does a really good job of kind of avoiding those pitfalls. There's Wonderful. some really cool camera movements, and there are some great. Um, I don't know really what to call it. Just kind of like bookends to certain chapters within the film that are completely abstract and it's just played to music and it's very, very beautiful. Uh, it feels like you're at a symphony actually. Um, but at the end of the day, this is an erotic thriller, but it's foundation is firmly a rom-com. Oh, hell yeah. And I mean, and, and it's, and I honestly have even emphasis on the romantic and the comedy. There are some laugh out loud lines in this. Uh, they're just so good. I don't want to spoil it. Just I mean, not spoiling any of the plot, but the lines are so funny. You need to go into it fresh. Um, and honestly, the ending, even the ending shot made me go, oh, like it's it, it is a heart. <laughs> I'm going to use the term heartwarming. It is a heartwarming picture that does not go in the direction that you okay, expect. OK, say, say no more. It's I'm definitely going to go see film. it. Yeah, I love it. It's, uh, it. it's really good. Alexis, what uh, what else have you watched? 
Uh, so the French Lieutenant's Wife, 1981, with Meryl Streep okay. and Jeremy Irons. Actually, so oh, nice. Um, this friend that I have here, um, he used to put on. Well, I mean, he still does like movie nights in like downtown Fresno, um, like classic movie nights, and then he would do like B C movies and do like co- comedic commentary with like some other comedians in town and stuff. Um, so that sounds fun. Yeah, so it's like I guess the thing that he always does when he puts on these like uh these bigger events is that he gets like actual um commercials from the year that <laughs> the movie dropped so oh, cool. and plays them like before you're gonna see the movie as like if you were watching or? it in like theater trailers and then just like a couple regular commercials that's so like what the new see- beverly does that's uh, cool. Yeah, so I got to see a 1981 Miller Life <laughs> commercial, and uh, nice. let me tell you, they were really prizing the working man at that time. <laughs> yeah, um, that was, so was like, it looked like some guys were leaving like a plywood era. plant or something. I don't know. <laughs> plywood don't, plant, you say? Don't say plywood plant, oh, Alexis. Yeah, right? You triggered right? him. <laughs> I'm um, called back. God. They all had all their Our fingers. Our former so, plywood plant you know. employee here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then uh, there was this one called fucking Knight Rider, but it was like a bunch of knights. It was a George Romero movie, but they're on like motorcycles, but they're like, like, like medieval knights, but they're on motorcycles. That's not the the Knight Rider I thought we were talking about. No, it's not. And I was so confused when it came on and I was like, what is that? (laughs) That's interesting. No, it's Riders at Night. (laughs) Yeah. By George Romero. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, That's funny. That was really fun. The movie was great. The cinematography was gorgeous. And it was a very, very interesting thing because it's based on a book, which is like, so one of the, so there's two stories in this movie, two for the price of one. Um, So the main story that like uh, the book that the movie that's from the book, whatever is based on um, is like this woman played by Meryl Streep, who is kind of like uh, basically like the scarlet woman of like this, of this lime lime in Britain or whatever. And Jeremy Irons is somebody who's like visiting. He's engaged to some girl in the country, blah, blah, blah. And they end up having like essentially kind of like this, almost affair, but it's Victorian England. So it's like, even just like, even just like talking to each other in the woods alone could be considered like racy, you know, that's scandalous. It's so scandalous. Right. And then you you call it forbidden love. I wouldn't call it necessarily forbidden love. Um, It was just more of like a lot of times you couldn't tell whether or not her character, Sarah, was telling the truth about things that had happened to her or not. Or she was just like manipulating. It was kind of it was crazy. And then there is actually a whole other story that's happening in between this because they're showing you that this is just a movie that's being made and Meryl Streep and Jeremy Irons are actually, you see them as the actors who are playing Whoa. these characters. And, wow. Meryl Streep and, has done this twice. And they're, the and they're, one? and they're having Adaptation. an actual affair, oh. you know, they're having an actual affair. And I don't know, it was just very interesting going back between like modern times to like Victorian era and just seeing like that's how, cool. how mundane affairs really seem nowadays. Um, when you compare wow. it to like how the Victorian attitudes kind of were. So nice. Uh, Alexis, if you like that, you might like uh, Adaptation if you haven't seen it. Oh, I, I know and I'm going to so love Adaptation. The, I've just never gotten around Nicolas to watching Cage it. Film, right? yeah, 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 it's not the same thing, but it also like, you know, tells both the story of a book yeah. and the story of, you know, uh, 
Nicholas Cage's character, Charlie Kaufman, trying to adapt that book into a screenplay. And a great Brian Cox performance. Yes. Ooh, yes. Uh, yeah, my uh, friend, my friend uh, Evan was actually talking about about Manhunter and stuff uh, the other day. So, oh hell yeah, um, hell yeah. Brian Cox, Brian Cox again. The, the the French lieutenant's wife, though, I was like talking to um, him and like the friends that were there. I was just like, you know, my my friends maintain that there's only like 20 British actors in this movie is really reselling that point to me because the <laughs> yeah, woman, no, it's true. The woman who plays um, she's in Downton Abbey and fuck, I remembered what the fuck else she was in. But Are she was also in this Maggie movie Smith? as like very young. She plays Mrs. Crowley or Crawley. In Downton Abbey. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't help I, I know what you're talking about, but I yeah, don't remember yeah. her name. Yeah, and uh, uh, and she's she's been in a bunch of other things. Oh, she's in Shaun of the Dead. Okay, she's the mother in oh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes I kept yes. thinking like yeah, she's, she's so familiar. I know British her. Actors. I know her. You know, but she was so young, like you could almost not not tell it was her quite. Um, and then Jeremy Irons is the voice of Scar, and I'm like ugh, iconic. Love it. Love it. Uh. Well, we're talking about a period piece, and I want to take everyone back for a moment to uh, one of our episodes from Period Piece Palooza. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, on my Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy episode, I mentioned that my catalytic converter had been stolen. Yes. Oh, that's right. And one other thing that's going on for me <laughs> is that today we are recording on May 31st, Holy 2023. Shit. My catalytic converter has finally been replaced. Wow. wow. It only took over six months. So yep. this is a little PSA to all of our listeners who might own a Toyota Prius, yeah. uh, particularly a model from like 2009 to 2014. Go ahead and uh, hop on the internet, purchase yourself a little uh, security shield for your catalytic converter because they are a Backordered to fucking hell. Yeah. And it is not cheap to replace them, but I'm very glad that that is over. I've said Jesus. it once, I'll say it again. They are the kidneys of car parts. Yeah. There's a long wait list for them. Wow. Yeah. Good analogy. It's tragic. But thank you. I thought about that when my catalytic converter got stolen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It's happening out there. Um, it's it's out a bad there, time folks. for everyone. Watch out. <laughs> Uh, one other thing that I'd like to uh, mention uh-huh. is that uh, on our final episode of Boat Month, I mentioned that because we are heading into Queer Cinema Month and I am not a member of the LGBTQ community. Not yet. I am. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, He's it's, still it's, waiting it's, for his ID it's, card. It's never too late. Yeah. Uh, but I have been uh, sourcing recommendations from uh, people in the queer community. I got a few from my brother, Edwin, that were emailed to us. Uh I will be watching these films. A few of them uh, that I'd like to mention are My Own Private Idaho. Love that movie. Uh, oh, Crash, yeah. That's a good one. The Handmaiden. Uh, I Titan. also love that movie. And yeah, when, so, can uh, we be friends? <laughs> and and, and yeah. we dropped some good wrecks. Um, nice. But yeah, if you are a queer person who listens to our show, write in at filmmakerspod at gmail.com or comment below this episode. There's a place you can leave comments. Uh, Let me know what you would like me to watch and consider covering on our final episode of Queer Cinema Month. This is kind of fun, actually, because this is the first time where one of the hosts has basically, like, forfeited their pick to the the listeners. Crazy. We love abdication here. 
So, uh, yeah, get your get your responses in. Yeah, go ahead and do it. We love it. Alexis, it doesn't count if you do it. I won't do it either. <laughs> it has to be not I, a host. I don't have to. I literally sent you guys an entire fucking list on my letterbox. So I already oh, gave right. you my I suggestions. I forgot about that. <laughs> The end roommate can suggest stuff, though. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He yeah. has. He. I've watched quite a few movies that the end roommate um, <laughs> has suggested. So I'm the I'm I'm the token straight of this group. So I'd say like Maurice uh, with fucking Hugh Grant is pretty good. Ooh, oh, I yeah. gotta watch that. And, I love uh, Hugh Grant. A single man with Colin Firth is pretty good. Oh, that's a good movie. That that's is a good a movie. film. That's a really great film. Alrighty. Very sad. Uh. I feel like this is maybe a good point to hop on out. I feel like we can uh, hop skip out of of what's going on and go right into the big topic of the day. All right, let's do it. Let's let's start. What do you think, folks? Yeah, let's let's, do it. Yeah, let's get out of what's going on. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. And we're back. We're back, folks. Hello. How have you been? Uh, did you uh, you go ahead? You uh, you, t- you take a you take a little break. You relieve yourself. You took a okay. Uh, they re- the, our audience relieve themselves. Yeah. That's well, for you sure. can actually you can still listen to the podcast. Okay. If you're I have a question. Yourself. Have you ever answer? Have you ever peed on a significant other in the shower? Just like just using the shower together, and you peed in the shower. I have a. That's a question because I saw it on on a TV show. <laughs> And I wanted to know uh, your opinion. <laughs> like, no, is it, is it the most disgusting thing you've ever heard, or would it not bother you that much? It's not the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Uh, I don't think my significant other would like that very much, and I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very telling silence I, I, here. I'm just saying... <laughs> the other side of this table yeah. is awful fucking quiet. I'm just saying... Uh, I. I'm refusing to speak to this one. I'm refusing to speak. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the fifth was pled. Yes, uh, I plead the fifth on that one. Yeah. Well, since we're out of what's going on, <laughs> let's hop into our big topic. It it's... wasn't my idea, by the way. It just... Well, uh, you know, we don't need to get yeah, into right, it, you know, I plead the fifth. Some I plead things the fifth. can remain a mystery to our listeners. Um, what's our big topic, Mick? Huh? What's our big topic? Oh, that's right. Well, every episode, by the way, if you are a first time listener of our show, which you probably aren't, but if you are, welcome to the Film Majors. Every episode, we have a special theme, uh, which kind of leads us into our big topic of the day, our big movie of the day. And today's theme, uh, we thought would be really excellent, noteworthy, first time directorial debuts from any director. And we just I thought we should just talk about some of our personal favorites or or just, you know, movies that deserve a shout out. Or maybe people didn't know that this was the director's first fucking time doing this. I'm really glad that you pitched this. Whoa, <laughs> wow. that's a face Alexis just made. Man, we got to start recording video on this. Wow. Um, but uh, kind of looked like Willem Dafoe from uh, from Mr. Fox. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, you mean from uh, from Grand Budapest? No, from Fantastic. He played the rat. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm really glad you pitched this topic because this was actually one of the first topics I think we discussed when we were uh, coming up with this show. Was it? Yeah, this was like an early oh, pitch for a topic. Wow. I, this might be one of the first times we've returned oh, to that you list. Know, I would love to actually go back into Google Docs and take a look at yeah, see, our original. Yeah, see if we had any good ideas back then. We, yeah, I know we had plenty of bad ones. Yeah. No, we, we, great we bad even ones. had. 
I remember I I remember I pitched uh should we should we talk about like how do we fix the Oscars? No. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I pitched that and even now I look back and I'm like I'm I just I, I don't know the answer to that. Different so. show. Different show. <laughs> yeah. Anarchy speaks, burn it all down and start over. Yeah. <laughs> you make Eric Andre the host. Oh no. Um, it's not gonna fix it. It'll make it different. So Here's a uh, here's a directorial debut that I'd like to bring up. Debut. Uh, Jonathan Lynn, who directed the movie My Cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. his first film was a little film called Clue. Oh, that was his first film? Clue wow. was Jonathan wow. Lynn's directorial debut. Clue is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah. That, Clue that's is really good. like an unmatched hysterical farce. Got Madeline uh, Kahn, I'd love to right? review that on our show. Yeah, yeah Madeline, Madeline Kahn. Kahn. Yeah, comedic powerhouses. Ma- Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, and Tim Motherfucking Curry. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's one that. Uh, I did not know it was a directorial I didn't know debut, that and uh, God, hats I off, just, Jonathan. Lynn. I love getting educated on this show, and again, we should we should review that at one point. Yes, That'd I also really need to get a copy of Clue. I can't believe I don't own it. We on don't Blu-ray. have that on the shelf. Yeah, That's it's not on the shelf. Kind of hey, if anyone wants to gift us a copy of Clue, yeah, uh, shoot us an email. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, Alexis, you have any? Yeah, what's, uh, a, what's I've, a got, good... I've got a whole big list. Yeah, but... let's but let's go around the circle. Let's all take our time. Oh, here. I mean, I didn't really think about this before I got off of work, but what immediately comes to mind was Charlotte Wells, I believe her name was, uh, who did After mm-hmm. Sun last year. I talked about it when we were doing like our um, top ten movies of the year, but um, it was with mm. Paul Mescal, which I've also seen him in this oh, um, right, right, short. Right. TV show um, Normal People based on the book by Sally Rooney. Um, I've in- heard that's great. Oh, mm. incredible. It will destroy you. My nephew even made me like a playlist that's called Right Person, Wrong Time. And I'm like, if this doesn't put me in my feels, I don't know what will. Um, but <laughs> Paul Mescal in After Sun, just incredible. And then the child actress, she was also like really good. I don't know. It was just so often... <laughs> I don't know. There was just so much more um, visually going on and like emotionally kind of like undercurrents that I was just so surprised that it was so subtle for it being um, a first time director. Mm. Lovely. I, yeah. I still need to see After Sun. I, yeah, I, I got to get on that. You keep selling us on it. I I keep trying. I keep trying. Keep it, keep it, keep (laughs) it in the noggin. I'll watch. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, Nick, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to our boy, Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. His first, his directorial debut with the witch. It's it's just so incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, if you've seen the movie, check it out. If you're, if you appreciate a a good period piece and you appreciate a good horror film, psychological horror, supernatural horror, uh, whatever it is, uh, it's a terrific fucking acting. Uh, check out that movie. Yeah. So good. The Witch. So good. And we're in a... What? What is her name? The actress... Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah, we're in such an Anya Taylor-Joy moment right now. Uh, she was pretty young in that film. So check her out. Great performance from that. Really good. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great pick. Man, yes, Zach. Alexis. No, it's okay. You go ahead. I'll, I, I just, I'll, I'll rattle mine off. I had this, uh, this like memory of when I saw Whip It for the first time, which was Drew Barrymore's, I think, only time she's ever directed, and it was also her directorial yes. debut. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I just I loved that movie so much. Like I felt like because I was in I think I was in high school when it came out. And I just I don't know, I guess I felt very seen. I've always loved like Elliot Page as like an actor and um, the 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 relationship between the mother and the daughter. Um, it just felt really real, I guess, just like the way that they argued and then the way that they reconciled at the end. Um, I, it, I felt it very deeply it, like what? it consistently would like make me cry every time I watched it. And just, it was so fun. Mm. It, I feel like she's just, she's such a fun, like Drew Barrymore is such a fun person. You can tell like on her talk show and stuff that like, I'm sure it was like a great time kind of like making that movie and Derby cause Derby's really fun, you know? So that is the roller derby movie, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's which the roller I, derby movie. I have, I have not seen, but I think my dad's a fan of that movie. Hmm. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, nice. I used to watch it like yeah. on repeat. <laughs> I remember yeah. that being like a trailer that was on a bunch of DVDs that my family had, and I always yeah. thought that looked cool. Mm. Well, I you think know, that's... I, I grew up. I grew up playing hockey and skating, yeah. so I was like, "That looks pretty fucking sick." That was it's a hell of a contact sport. Yeah, it was probably one of the reasons why I was so stoked when we got into college and met our our film teacher who also played roller derby. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like all my yeah. dreams came true. <laughs> cool <Yeah>. roller derby <laughs> girls. <laughs> That's true. People. Actually, technically, the three of us all worked on a documentary yeah, about we did. that, which Alexis, Alexis directed. Alexis directed a doc about roller derby, which I think is listed on my credits on my uh, my website. It should be. Yeah. That was one of the few watchable things that came out of our program. Very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Alexis, there's a movie I'm surprised you haven't mentioned. Yeah, Alexis. I have no idea what it is. Well. Well, actually, you steal my thunder and I can I can help you out. <laughs> Wait, did Adam Driver direct a movie? It's no, it's a little, it's a little movie directed by someone who directed a lot of British television, uh, and then went on to make a little movie called Pride and Prejudice. Oh, oh Joe Wright! Ah! Yeah, Joe Wright. Joe Wright's directorial <laughs> debut, 2005's Pride and Prejudice. Was it really? Yeah. Yes. Holy I, I remember was his first like feature. going into high school. Wow. I, I, I would cite him as it was between him and uh, Miyazaki, the, my favorite directors, because I was just like, there's wow. just something about this man. Everything that he makes is just so beautiful, gorgeous. Like he just takes his time with Wait. everything. How long had he been working in television before he made that? Uh, that's genuinely staggering. I'm looking at his credits. I'm seeing something called Bob and Rose uh, wow. from 2001. Good for him. That's, um, uh, that honestly might be one of the most impressive. Uh, there's something called time. Nature Boy from 2000. That's a show? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Say? Wow. Yeah. Well uh, done, Joe. Right? So yeah, I, think it's, I think it's yeah, doubly cheers. impressive because not only is it very hard, as we've said, to make a movie, but it is incredibly hard to make a well-received literary adaption. Incredibly yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, good on him. Yeah. Seriously, what was it that Jake Gyllenhaal said? Like, uh, it's really hard to make a movie, and it's goddamn like a lightning strike to make a movie that's considered good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Joe Wright, I know you're listening, buddy. Just fucking <laughs> congratulations. congratulations. You slayed Once it. again. <laughs> also, I really, I didn't realize he directed Hannah, which I really yeah. like. I think yeah. that's a fun movie. I've never uh, seen I that. Didn't, I didn't love that picture. I'll have to rewatch it. I haven't seen I it since 2011, but I, I liked I was it too in 2011. Young yeah. Oh, wait. Um, I have to also say Greta no, Gerwig. My, it's my turn. Okay, go, go, Mick. Oh, wait. Go. Okay, so Greta Gerwig for her. I don't know what movie Lady you're going to mention. Oh, Lady Bird. Okay. <laughs> I didn't love yeah, that movie. Yeah, Mick's not a fan. I, 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 I love that, that movie. I like Lady Bird. Again, the mother-daughter relationship is 
so it's so on point that i i did enjoy <laughs> I, that aspect of the film and i the also went to catholic really school so i felt like i just like i understood you felt seen yeah, I, yeah. the whole yeah. movie i felt so seen she's from sacramento which is about the same size as fresno and it's also technically considered like part of the valley a little bit so it's I don't about know. as hot yeah Nice. Uh, my pick is, I know we talked about it, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from Shane Black, which is yep. a movie that we discussed on this podcast. Yeah, we discussed these last two yeah. films, yeah. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and... Uh, and again, not you to, know... Not to discount Credit Gerwig, but yeah, those, oh yeah, those last two. Shane Black had been working in the industry for quite a while, being a very, very successful screenwriter. Uh, and this was his first time that he actually got to, you know, stop having someone else fuck with his work and be the director <laughs> himself. Um <laughs> And it's fantastic. Again, just I'm not we don't really need to talk about it. Uh, go back and scroll back into uh, listen to our episode. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It's a it's a Christmas special. Indeed. Because that is a Christmas <gasps> film. Um, yes, Alexis, go for Can it. Can I have a side note? Side sure. note away. OK, so I was watching like hour long uh, interview with Adam Driver on the SAG AFTRA Foundation. Wait, wait, wait. I, I don't what? believe you. I don't no, believe you. I don't bullshit. buy it. Wait, who's a, who are you? No, what do you do with Alexa? Incredible. I'm a pod person. Um, yeah, so uh, he said that Die Hard is right the best Christmas movie. Um, and I just felt like you guys wait, would is? feel vindicated. Oh, Die Hard? Die Hard oh, yeah. is like one of the best Christmas movies out there. Um, and I was just Adam like, I immediately thought of you guys. And I was like, oh, I wanted you to text you. fingered boy. And then I was yeah. like, no, I'll save it for the pod. <laughs> Go to with the sauce. All righty. So I've got I've got a few other ones to uh, to rattle off. You going to rattle? Rattle, Let's, rattle. Uh, Let's rattle it. Oh, rattle, there's, rattle. There's one pretty good one that I'd like to bring up. Well, don't mention a pretty good one. Mention eh, a great one. Eh, it's okay. All right. Well, let's hear it. Uh, Citizen Kane. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a movie that I think I, I was actually going to mention Citizen Kane because that's a movie that, you know, as, as film majors, we should probably say because it is what it is. It's a very impressive film to watch, but not exactly in my personal rotation. I like Citizen Kane. I like it, too, I, but I don't. You know, I don't I've return to it a whole it. lot. Ooh. 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 That's okay. That's fine. That's all right. Just watch the, <laughs> just, just watch, go to Spark Notes and, and read that. Ooh. You know what's also a directorial debut, and I just got a shirt of it? What? what? Boys in the Hood by John Singleton. Which I still haven't seen. Oh, my God. You got to see it. Fucking it's fucking heartbreaking, yeah. but so fucking good. Yeah, nice. there's a display on that at the Academy Museum. Yeah. I, I really need to get on that. You really that. do. Who's in that again? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne and... Um, Cuba oh, Gooding man. Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr., oh, yes. Okay. And Ice Cube. Ice God, Cube. My Cuba man, Gooding Ice Cube. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ice Cube, man. A uh, little sidebar about Ice Cube. I always feel very bad for him because he was on... Uh, he was in the movie Ghosts of Mars, which was uh, oh, one of John, John Carpenter's, Carpenter's yeah. later movies. And it was after Carpenter had been, like, completely burned out by the studio system. And mm-hmm. Ice Cube was, like, a huge John Carpenter fan. He was so excited to He's work on it. Taste. And apparently every day John Carpenter came to set and was like, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever worked oh, on. Man. He was just miserable and not trying I mean, the whole John shit. Carpenter's such a crotchety old man. I feel bad for anybody who's <laughs> like, I'm so excited to meet my hero. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't ever want to meet John no, Carpenter. I, yeah, I would not know. <laughs> well, that's that's not entirely true, though. It depends on the context. Because I, I worked with an on-set photographer who went to his house to do a photo shoot with him working on his latest soundtrack album. Yeah. 
and said that he was a nice guy. Yeah, you just need to not ask him about his movies. Yeah, don't don't bring up the fact that his movies don't make money. Yeah, don't bring back that none oh, of well. his fucking incredible yeah. films got I any love respect. It. I love it when they ask him, like, so how do you feel that now so many of your movies are considered cult classics? He goes, what does that yeah, do for me? Yeah, a lot of fucking good it did me. <laughs> yeah. um, classic. So a few other ones I'd like to bring up. Uh, the Evil Dead. Great one. Uh, the Last House on the Left. Who did that? Wes Craven. Oh, lovely. Uh, Blood Simple. The Coen Brothers. Yes, oh, Coen Bro- Brothers. Ooh, yes, great, great choice. Thief. Michael Mann. That was his first That was film? his first movie. Holy Ooh, shit. And like one? the whole thing's there. Please. Ryan Coogler, Fruitvale Station. That's one that I've put off because oh, I know it's going to make me really sad. It's, I haven't yeah, seen that. It's, it's difficult, but I got to watch it. But it's really great. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I love Michael B. Jordan. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? And then I got to give a shout out to Quentin Tarantino's directorial debut, Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Great movie. Which actually I think is very much in theme with the movie that we're talking about. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's actually very similar if you really think about it. Don't do it. I, I locked the door this time, okay, so Quentin can't get in. <sighs> that was close. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that Can was I say, close. like, yeah. one last one that I I didn't realize how it. much I would like this movie? Because it's, like, it's older, but uh, Robert Redford, who's a famous actor, um, his, Ooh, yeah. his directorial debut was this movie called Ordinary People with uh, Donald Sutherland, and I think it was Mary Tyler Moore or somebody mm. else. I can't remember. Um, I think but, you're right heart fucking heartbreaking and incredible like i was just i don't know blown away by the amount of like genuine like emotion in the film so yeah love it we i identify with alexis i love having my heart broken by a film oh i do nice yeah i it's it's kind of a thing it's um i I, is it a form of masochism maybe is it is that kind of what that that might be part of it but i get t that's why when i (laughs) When I go to an AMC theater and Nicole Kidman in the opening says, somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this, (laughs) I swell up a little bit because she's kind of right. Uh, I think you well up a little bit. Oh, I well up. Well, I swell up too. too. I swell up too. That's a different different discussion. Um, All right. I'm just going to rattle off a bunch more movies real quick. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Get out. Jordan Peele. Uh, Kind of contentious because he co-directed something with someone, but Barbarian, Zach Kreger. Oh, very Uh, good. Yeah. Reanimator, Stuart Gordon. Uh, Great choice. Fright Night, directed by not that Tom Holland, but Tom Holland, who also made Child's Play. Oh, nice. Ooh, Tremors, yes. directed by Ron Underwood. What has he done? Tremors. I'll give it to him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, God, that's such a good what movie. What about Hereditary? Holy shit. Yes, Hereditary. That's a good one. Ari Aster. Uh, also, The Babadook by Jennifer Kent. Yeah. I really enjoy The Babadook. Yeah, that's all right. Um, Bottle Rocket, Wes Anderson. Hell yeah. Uh, the only movie he's directed, but I really enjoy That Thing You Do, directed mm. by Tom I Hanks. Love that oh, yeah. I love that movie. I love that movie. I don't think I've seen that. That's one of those movies where there's like a song that's supposed to be like a catchy hit. And yeah. it is and catchy like, as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That, that, it makes sense. And it's written band, for the movie. Yeah, it's written for the movie. Oh, and you're like, oh yeah, no, this band would blow up. Yeah, huh. I was actually watching a video on TikTok about um, that about that song and how it was made. And like, I, anyways, yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to move on to Andrew Nicole, who directed Gattaca. He also made Lord of War. Um, oh, that's a good film. The good Iron... Nicolas Cage movie. Nice. 
Yeah, I got to see that. It's very good. Uh, the Iron Giant, Brad Bird. Very impressive. Uh, very, very impressive. Yes. The yes. Cell, Tarsem Singh. Uh, I really like The Cell. I'm still trying to see The Wet Fall. Hot. Ooh. Isn't that, yeah. is that by yeah. Tarsem Singh? Um, I think so. I can never yes. remember. Yeah, The Fall is also Tarsem Singh. It's like, it's like a cult movie because it's like not available like anywhere. Like you have to buy it for like $40 oh, just for like a regular DVD of it. We love that. That sounds like a challenge. That sounds like I heard a about film this majors from like a random down. kid in theater in college, and that he was talking about how this was like one of his favorite movies ever. And when I went to look into it, it wasn't streaming anywhere. Like you couldn't buy it anywhere. <laughs> I was like, it's almost like its own lore. <laughs> Hell yeah! And it's okay. with a, one of our favorite people, Lee Pace, a, a gentle giant in the same vein of Excellent. Adam Driver. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, moving on. Wet Hot American Summer, directed by David Wayne. Yes. Another one of my favorite Fantastic. comedies of all time. Uh, Brick, directed by Ryan Johnson, I think it's called. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Hot Rod, directed by Akiva Schaefer. Hell yeah. yeah. Very funny movie. I was movie. actually thinking about that movie today. Yeah. That's such a good movie. Um, Nightcrawler, directed by Dan Gilroy. Gilroy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sorry to Bother You. Yeah, directed by Boots, Boots Riley. Riley. Yeah, I fucking He's one love. and only so far. Yeah, who had? But he does have a TV show coming out uh, this month. That's which exciting. I'm very excited to check out. And then I want to give a quick shout out to our, our friend Stevie Spielberg for making Duel. Yeah, I gotta um, see Duel. It's technically a made-for-TV movie, but it's still a feature film nonetheless. And <laughs> again, as I, I, I've said it before, with Duel, it's great where you can watch a movie that's a first-time attempt by a director, and you very clearly see, like, oh, yeah, this 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 person's going places. You can tell. It's there from the beginning. Interesting. Which is kind of... Yeah, um, I think there's another movie you I could think, apply that to. I think there's another film that you could 100% apply that to. Yeah, like, like really, really obviously. Like a movie from 1996, I'm thinking. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, thinking, I'm thinking a movie from 1996. From 1996. Would, would it have, uh, perchance, have Gina Gershon, Jennifer Tilly, Ooh, that, that's good casting. and Joe Pantoliano I, in it? Now, that's the, my ideal choice. Would Christopher Maloney appear, oh, maybe, in, dude, a, in a juicy it supporting role? Oh, boy. Now, if only there were a movie like that, directed by two directors who were uh, incredibly formative in Zach's uh, film taste. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Actually, uh, is it something like... Um, like trapped or um, no, that's not no. It. Mm. close. What about keep going? Uh, bound. Yay! Yay! That's right, folks. Today we're discussing 1996 Bound from the Wachowski sisters. Uh, and folks, let me tell you something. If you've never seen this movie, do yourself a favor and don't even, you know what? Stop listening to us. Don't listen to this episode. Pause it. Come back to it. Come though. back to it. Watch Bound. It is on streaming, right? It's on streaming. It is on yes. streaming. Uh, yes, yes, it is. It's, it's, it is uh, on it's free Amazon on Prime. Amazon Prime right now. Thank God, Jeff Bezos. Oh, no, no, no. Um, no. Give us so, that advertising I'm, money, Jeff. Do it. No. Jeff, I'll fucking Today's suck episode dick. is brought to you by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Bound from 1996. Uh, we're going to read the quick description here. Sparks fly when Violet, played by the wonderful Jennifer Tilly, <gasps> sets eyes on Corky, played by Gina Gershon, in an elevator. Violet is the girlfriend of a violent gangster, Caesar. Played by the one of our favorite 
character actors of all time, Joe Pantoliano. Joe, Joe, Joe! Corky is fresh out of prison and doing renovations on the apartment next door. As the two women launch into a passionate love affair, uh, what the fuck? Hey, can you you pick it up? My thing isn't giving me the rest of the thing. They assemble an intricate plan for Violet to escape from Caesar with two million dollars of the mob's money. But the important part is to make it out alive. Ooh, that's great. It's, it's like a heist uh, movie. And what's great about that description is it does not give you a whole lot of the movie. No. It gives you the gist. It gives you the setup. It gives you the setup. I got to watch this uh, with my sister, and she's never seen this movie before. So Well done. So much fucking fun, except for the fact that um, d- kind of fucking forgot how much gay sex is in the beginning, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, how did you forget that? But, but I don't know. I just... You know, I'm, I'm always seeing part. so much gay sex that, you know, like, I kind of just forget sometimes. Um. That's true. You are Alex, a wash. She Alexis, is a wash in gay sex. Alexis be having so much gay sex. She's not, she doesn't even care about she it anymore. She don't know. She just, oh! <laughs> don't you know who I am? I'm Alexis Maracino. I'm a drowning in the bus. Uh, Can I just say that at some point, I think it's Corky who says this and says, I can see again. And I was just like, oh, yeah. shit, that must have been so one relatable. damn good orgasm. The fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was blind, I but now I see they're taking it back to biblical shit out here. That's right. It was a biblical fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> I I have to bring up that uh, this movie, when it came out, uh, the directors had not yet transitioned. Mm-hmm. So there was some discussion of like, Oh, this movie is kind of, you know, male gazy, blah, 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 which I don't really agree with. And no, we're going to go. We're going to go into this. There's there's one thing that I really noticed, which I'm sure Alexis was a big fan of. And it's that in so many of the erotic romantic scenes, what's the camera focused on? Uh, Mouse and hands. Hands. hands, a lot of yeah. breathing. So heavy. many hands, a lot of, bre- a lot one of the, breathing. One yeah. of the best shots in the film is where it's just lips close to one another, and Corky is you know servicing her beneath camera, and, what are you and saying, she's Mick? And she's breathing, and, and Jennifer Tilly is breathing, who's playing Violet so heavily. She goes, Corky, kiss me, like. Like it's just this such an erotic release. It's so it's it's a beautiful yeah, moment I, too, and it's just shot so wonderfully. <laughs> but the, the I definitely camera, the, no. Go ahead. Oh, there's just there's one shot where the camera is tracking up Corky's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Corky and Violet are having sex, and it seems like the camera like races past Corky's breasts. Yeah. To focus on her face. Yeah. And, well, that's While because, also lingering yeah. on how fucking ripped she is. Yeah, I know. Oh, for sure. That's something I told Zach. Sean is so hot, dude. Oh, my I God. I told Zach I was so, I'm kind of resentful of how much beer Corky drinks in this movie <laughs> and has such a immaculately oh, okay. chiseled you. tummy. Thank I'm you. Like, God damn because it. I watched that and I was like, that can't be real. They're drinking. They're always fucking having like a fucking beer together. And they both look just like pfft, tiny. I know when she's at the gay bar, she's drinking beer. And later she's drinking beer. She's always drinking beer. And I'm like, give me the beer gut, please. I wouldn't complain. I'm just saying, give me the beer gut. Oh, my Come God. On. Yeah. I'm like, I remember Gina Gershon from this fucking movie Showgirls. 
And I still haven't seen Showgirls. That's that. a Verhoeven movie. Yeah. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> oh man, we <laughs> love Verhoeven. Interesting. Definitely. Uh, Is definitely. That Demi Moore. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, no. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, you're Another thinking. Of, movie, you're think. thinking of Striptease. Maybe. It's a different. Yeah, she was in a. She was in a, a dance movie. Yes, yeah, yes she was. But the girl but who was one. in Showgirls with Gina Gershon, I don't remember her name, but she was from Saved by the Bell in the '90s, and it was like a big thing mm-hmm. for her to be in this very sexual movie when that is like a very family friendly show. Um, so yeah. you're talking about Gina Gershon being uh, in this? No, no, she's talking about Elizabeth Berkley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, can I just say we, that? How did we get on to Showgirls? Bound. The movie uh-huh. that we're talking about, I really, I really, really, really felt like, should I have watched this by myself? <laughs> because I was yeah, like, is... um, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I... sex was going on in the first half. I was like, I feel like I could have just watched this like by myself and maybe been just as happy or happier. That's a... That's a classic. That's a classic Alexis moment of her recommending a film and then throwing it on with a person or in front of an entire class. No, it actually is. And being like, oh no, this shit, tracks. this, this is just tracks. porn. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, I was just like, oh my god, wait, I didn't actually sign up to watch porn with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, no, I'm not gonna make a joke. So, <laughs> basically, um, I was first exposed to this movie bound um because i went to a a film studies class which was actually part of the class made me excited about getting into movies again which made me go to film school which made me meet you two lovely people and led me on the origin story this is a this is an origin story that goes back to bound and it's part of why i work in the film industry because i went and took this class it was called it was a class of feminist film theory course women on films and it covered movies where it was about female text and the director had to be female and it had to be, it could be about anything. Nice. Great. Alexis. I'm key, that stays in. That keep, stays in. Keep it and double it. <laughs> we love it. Um, and we watch all these great films that I n- would have never otherwise seen. And I'm very, very thankful to the class. And we got to vote on uh, our last film. Everything else was baked into the syllabus. And it was one of the movies that I can't even remember and bound. Um, that was the choice for our final film of the whole semester. And it was pretty, it was pretty clear that almost everyone wanted to watch bound. And so we got it and it was just sold to us as a, uh, queer film noir from the people that did the matrix. And so we were all, cause none of us had seen it. Hell fucking yeah. So it's we from were like, the ladies who made the matrix. We were like, shit, let's watch it. And by far, this was something that our class all agreed on because we were big fans of all the movies we watched. In fact, one of the movies that we did watch, we're going to talk about later in this month. Um, but we all disagreed like, holy shit. Bound is, how, first of all, how have we never heard of this before? How, how did this like fly under the radar? Because it's a queer film and it's a wonderful queer film, but it's a fantastic genre film. Like, this is a good gangster movie. This is a good film noir. This is a good con film. It's a good heist movie. It's a great heist film. And it's just, and it's I, so well done. The, uh, Bill Pope does the cinematography, and it's fantastic. So, Bill fucking Pope! It, it's one of my favorite movies to show my friends uh, bound, because I have yet to show it to a human being and have them not get 
exceedingly excited about it. So, um, and you will do the same, listeners. Check out this movie. Here's my thing: is that I feel like with most queer cinema, like if you didn't grow up like knowing it's out there and knowing specific ones, like you really have to like search it out for yourself. Like it's never usually like pushed to you. I think the only one that I ever like as growing up was like, oh, that's a queer movie that like everybody's seen now is Brokeback Mountain. Everything else yeah, was right. like under the radar, like either I was going through my gay renaissance and watching it in my like late teens or it was something that I found randomly at Blockbuster, which was how I watched mm -hmm. But I'm a Cheerleader for the first time. So like I just think that right. they're just it's just <laughs> As much as uh, the gay agenda, whatever, you know, it's not pushed enough. <laughs> yeah, the gay agenda needs to be working way yeah, harder. Yeah, the gay agenda is like on That's what we're doing here this month. That's what we're doing here. We're spreading. We're pushing communism we're and pushing we're pushing the gay agenda. <laughs> Two of the coolest things you can do. Goddamn important trains right there. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to briefly pivot back to... Uh, our big topic, which is oh, directorial debut debuts. Yeah. So, Bound was made kind of as a proof of concept movie. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, because the Wachowskis brought the script for The Matrix mm -hmm. to a bunch of studios, and Warner Brothers ultimately bought it. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, well, this is, you know, clearly something. Right. But. You know, we don't we don't know what they, it is. They've we never just, they've never made a movie before. It's like it don't make no damn sense. It compels, it compels me though. Me, though. Yeah. <laughs> People reading Matrix for the first time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the Wachowskis uh, polished off their script for Bound, and yeah. uh, were like, you know, we could we get this financed? And studio was like, sure. Gave them, I believe it was. Uh, well, seven million's actually pretty healthy for that this movie. That is a movie. healthy oh, first-time yeah. budget right there. Uh, but all of that movie, all of that money goes into the movie. Oh, absolutely. Because this, as Mick said while we were watching this yesterday, this looks like it could be a side story yeah. set in the Matrix. Yeah, no, it like, looks so good. From the ringing telephones to like the slow motion and dynamic camera movements yeah. to all the leather and sunglasses and rain it's all and there. Joe Pantoliano. Yeah. It's all there to yeah. be well, uh, brought to a more massive and mind bending scale yeah. in the matrix, which we also watched last night. Yes, we did. We ran and it after Bound. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But yeah, that was something that we all picked up in our class. We picked up on as we're watching it is it, 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 this is what we mentioned, like with Duel, with Steven Spielberg, like, oh, this guy is so clearly going to go on and, and do massive things. When you watch Bound, and if you haven't seen it for the first time, you are going to undeniably be like, oh, these are the people that made the fucking Matrix. Yeah, if you watch it's this so, not knowing yeah. that it was yeah. made by the Wachowski sisters, you would be like, wow, this looks like the Matrix. Mm. Yeah, it, okay. it, 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 does, it doesn't have the green uh, filter yeah. kind of thing going on or the lighting, but it's, it is so well done. I think it's, it's one of the sisters. I think it's, is it Lana um, who did sense eight, but uh, they both did sense eight. Yeah. yeah but, but the second uh, season, I think of, only one of them was directing. Yes. Let me see. Uh, Cause it's the same one of the sisters who, uh, yeah, it was Lana. Cause Lana was the only one who directed the matrix resurrections. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, and I so, 
Yeah. When I watched Bound, I was just because I've seen Sense8 like all the way through like twice. And there's there's quite a, there's quite a lot of sex scenes in Sense8 that the, very much I'm like, one why am I watching this with other people? I'm literally watching porn right now. <laughs> It's very, it's very sexy. It's yeah. very sexy. Um, but yeah, when I was watching Bound, I was like, yes, I can definitely see how like the, these people made both The Matrix and Sense8 yeah. because there's something very, The Matrix is inherently also very erotic, but Sense8, incredibly erotic. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, something that was interesting, you know what I actually really like about this, the story of making Bound was... Um, it's my understanding. I can't find proof of this on the Internet. It's a story that I heard a long time ago, and it might have been in that class I took. But I heard that the Wachowskis, they lived in Chicago for a time. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're Chicago gals. They're, they're Chicago gals. And at one point, while they were focusing on their passion, which is writing and, and, and storytelling, they needed something to do to make money. And one of those things was they went around and painted apartments. Oh, wow. Yes. I didn't know that. And, that. and that's something that I identify with because I, my dad's a painter, and I, that was my first job for like seven years of my young life was to help my dad paint houses and, and paint apartments and I stuff like that. I heard you paint houses. I heard you paint houses. No, it wasn't that cool. Well, we used latex. But basically, um, as they were painting a, 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 an apartment in Chicago, they kind of hatched this idea of, wow, what if – as we were painting right now, we heard like a crime taking place in the apartment next door. And that immediately they just started bouncing that idea off of each other. And that was where bound came from. It's a great That's so cool. Which is so cool. Voyeurism as well. If you think about like rear window oh, yeah. and like, you know, watching somebody from afar, but then instead you have in the people. Yeah. But then in instead this, you the have use of the people hearing what's happening on the other side. It, it's still yes. like, it's not, voyeurism as we know it where we're directly looking at something but it still is right. you know yeah it's it's very hitchcockian it in, is very hitchcockian yeah. and i also love the use of space yes. too this movie very well establishes the apartment complex even during the chase scene in the last acts between uh caesar and violet going up and down the staircases in the elevator like you get such an, a, a, a good feeling for where people are, where they're located. And that, again, that can't be easy to do mm -hmm. for a first-time director or and or directors. Yeah. Again, it's, it's so well done. I also, I think this movie provides a good uh, refutation to the notion that sex scenes serve no purpose in a movie because there's always anti-sex scene discourse yeah, on yeah, the yeah. internet, and it's dumb. Um, like, you... That, that is the first time you see, like, Corky and Violet, like, coming together as people. And, like... Literally. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, um, thanks. But, like, you know, by the end of the movie, like, that, like, physical connection is literalized yeah. with the last line where... Uh, yeah, oh, I, oh, God damn it. What Violet, a great ending line. You know line. what the difference between you and me is? What? Me neither. Uh, <laughs> I love oh, that. man. It's yeah. so cute. Um, there's there's a lot of great l yeah, lines in this movie. Really I, good stuff. I also love it because it's like you know I feel like at first like Corky gets a little jealous of like the men in Violet's life, like maybe assuming things about her, and then um, she like kind of confronts her about it, and she's like she's like well that's not sex, and he's like well if that's not sex, like what is it? It's not sex. It's work. 
And and I love that that is how she categorizes. So like what we did together, what I experienced with you, that was sex. What I do with these men, I work for this. I work for my living, basically. You and, think you're the, the only one that's good at something in yeah. this world. Yeah. And and the movie places more importance on one than the other because we see and spend time with Corky and Violet having this like intimate sexual connection. Yeah. And we never see Violet having sex with any of the guys who she's having sex with for work. We only hear we it. We only hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds so fake. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of the point. And also, I I let's talk about the, the the first time we see everyone together, which is the elevator. It's an over the head, it's over uh, uh God's eye view, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's on top of everybody looking down into this elevator and you have um Corky played by Gina Gershon in the corner who is a maintenance person for this apartment complex who's going up to start working on an apartment and Violet is sitting again or leaning against one of the other walls and they are making some of the most intensive eye contact to one another. They're they're basically already fucking each other with their eyes. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm projecting, but oh my gosh, the the eye contact folks. It all, if you want to learn how to flirt, watch this movie. I don't because oh my God. I don't know if you can have a different reaction if you were in the elevator with either Gina Gershon or Jennifer Tilly. Like, mm. in in the elevator, where is Joe Pantoliano looking? Caesar, where is he looking? Forward at the doors. He's looking forward at the door. His back is to both of them. Mm -hmm. It and it's right there. You have an image of the whole film right there. He is completely oblivious to these two, the chemistry that they have. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get it until it's so obvious in the fucking face until the third act. Yeah. yeah. But it just sets up their characters yeah. visually so well and the dynamics that we're going to have for the next two acts. Another great moment is where um, Corky is servicing Violet for the first time with their hand um, mm-hmm. and they get interrupted on this they get no, interrupted fucking, by Caesar coming home and he's flipping out because he thinks oh my god Violet's <laughs> fucking somebody oh, and then as soon as he sees that it's Gina Gershon he's like oh you what does he say and he goes no he says oh boy it's fucking dark in here. Can we yeah. get into it? Yeah. Let's get into <laughs> it. Can we please get into how much I fucking love Joe Pantoliano? He's so good in this. My favorite little tiny Italian man if you from don't, Chicago. If you don't know who he is, he plays Cypher in The Matrix. So good. He also He's plays... He's the one who likes the steak that's juicy and juicy and delicious. Exactly. Ignorance is bliss. Yep. He played, I forget his name in um, The, the Fugitive. Fugitive. Yeah. Yeah, he's part of Deputy Sam Gerard's crack team of U.S. Marshals. He plays. Hunting down Dr. Richard Campbell. Oh, so good. He plays Snake and Running Scared. It's so. Anything he's in, he's fantastic at, but I found out. He's even good in the fucking terrible Percy Jackson and the Olympians movie. I haven't oh, seen Oh, wait, what that. is he? Who is he? He's the abusive stepdad. Oh, yeah. That sounds about right. That makes yeah. sense, wow. actually. That Bad sense. movie, but so showy. I, I want to go on record as saying that this is my favorite performance from Joe Pantoliano. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he has so much to do 
it's his first basically leading man performance, and I think his only leading man performance that he's ever been given. Well, he's not a leading man in this, but well, big, big role. Big, big role. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably give you Probably the biggest part that he's ever had. It, it's, it's so good. You see, first of all, he's frightening. He's funny, but he's frightening. Um, and I found out that Joe Pantoliano has said that this is his favorite character that he's ever got to play. And arguably like the performance that he's most proud of. And I, I'm so happy to hear that because again, that's my, I think my favorite performance that I've ever seen him do. It's just so good. I he think looks it, so insane. He looks so when he's losing it, when he's oh, in uh, oh. Johnny's apartment, who's the dead man now, Johnny, that shit exactly. right there when he's fucking kicking yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I it's really, psycho. I really like his first, the first time you see him with the other gangsters, mm-hmm. yeah. because the first couple times you see him, it's it's him being fucking oblivious. Yeah, you know, like he's clearly he's clearly you know mobbed up. Yeah, but uh, he you know is not noticing what's going on literally right behind his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then the next time you see him, Christopher Maloney's kicking the shit out of They're this guy. They're torturing Shelley. Yeah, torturing Shelley in. Uh, Caesar's Which, bathroom. It, it very violent. Yeah. Oh this, my god. By the, the disclaimer: This movie is very violent. It's very sexy, but also it shows it's you. It's pretty shit. violent. Yeah. I would say very yeah, violent, just because you know. of the just because of the sound design with him screaming. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. blood curdling scream. I'm uh, always kind of oh, taken fucking, aback the, by this. The, the shears for plants. Yeah. Like chopping shears. off the fingies with the yeah. When, the when Mickey asks flippers. him, I'm going to ask you ten times, Shelley. You understand? Ten. And then goes to put the shears on his pinky. Oh, but in, boy. In that scene where Shelly's being tortured, uh, Caesar is getting frustrated with this guy. And it's not because he, you know, has a greater sense of empathy. It's because he's smarter yeah. than the other fucking clowns he's working he's with. He's a cool he's like, cat. Put, put a fucking towel in this guy's mouth, yeah. you know? Don't. He hands it to Johnny. He immediately starts patting off his yeah, own face. Yeah, he's like, face. no, that's for his mouth. Johnny um, played by Christopher Maloney, who yeah. I love so much. Um, but then, you know, that's it's a good setup to see, you know, him in the third act when uh, Corky and Violet are trying to make it seem like he stole money from the mob so he has no choice but yeah. to run. Yeah. And he doesn't run. No. And he, you know, manages to avoid the cops, manages to take out all the other guys in the mob when they're not believing that uh, Maloney set him up stealing the money. Yeah. Like, you know, he he makes some smart choices. You know? He does. Mm-hmm. He's, he's actually quite clever and someone that you he's really just, shouldn't underestimate. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah, he's it's more just homophobic that, than he is clever. Yeah, but the yes, thing is, true. is that he's also misogynistic because at the end of the day, he still believes yeah. that he's more intelligent than the women that yeah. are around him. It's it's so poetic that his misogyny, his ignorance, and his homophobia, you could argue, is his ultimate downfall. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't believe that Violet will kill him. No. See, mm-hmm. you know, I he's know like, you, Vi. Exactly. You won't do it. Yeah. 
Caesar, you don't, don't know, know shit. Love oh, it. Man. This movie has so many good and, lines. And by the way, what a beautiful shot. It's so beautiful, the execution with, in the white paint, the squibs going off, yeah. the impact on the paint, yeah, when, the uh, mixture of blood and paint. When so Joe cool. Pantoliano is shot down by yeah. Jennifer Tilly, he's standing in this big pool of white paint and his blood's going into it. It's, yeah. It's, man, a, it's just so good. Those Wachowski girls, they can fucking make they really a damn movie. movie. But yeah. I uh, and that, that's something else too is that when he this when he gets cornered you know and he he whips out the gun and he and he points it at Johnny, he's accusing him of taking the money and then Gino Marzoni is going you know we're family hand me uh, hand me the pistola hand me the gun shoots Gino, then wastes his other badass and then kills Johnny. Not only does that raise the stakes of the film, I mentioned this last night, but this also makes him going from someone who's doesn't know quite what to do, someone who's being manipulated by our leading characters to now someone who is genuinely dangerous. Mm-hmm. It really raises the stakes. It really makes the last act just so nail-biting. And it even dips into thriller horror territory at some point when they're kind of skulking around the apartment later after uh, um, Corky's broken back in to kind of save Violet. It's such a, such a good sequence. Um, but if I may... We're talking about genre, but this is queer month. This is a queer film. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. So apparently, this is not surprising. The studio liked the script, but said, "Can you make, uh, can you make Corky a, a man?" That was their main note. It's was not to as change fun. Corky. Changes like, Corky to a man. That, yeah, that, that immediately like, makes it less interesting. Yeah, that also like fucks with a lot of the like. Yeah reasons why yeah. they can get well, away yeah. with what they're getting away with. Well, yeah. the whole, exactly. It, it also, the whole point of this movie is to subvert the the femme fatale genre, to subvert the whole gangster that's what uh, I was uh, like, con genre. That's what I was and, like and telling my sister too. Man, Totally fucks that up. And even Wait, sorry, the what, were, what, were you saying, what were you saying with your sister? Alexis? So like in the middle of the movie, I was like, cause my sister doesn't watch like old movies and shit, you know, like why would she? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was telling her, it was like, you good. know, like the classic noir, you know, like double indemnity, the femme fatale would uh, o- almost always, you know, betray the main character at some point. Right. So like they're immediately going to subvert that trope by making them like and what by them ending up together, that subverts the femme fatale trope because our our leading characters are Violet and Corky. Instead of yeah. like a man, you know, so yeah, which and also the first time you watch it, though, you are because of the of the tropes of the genre, you're constantly waiting for someone to fuck over yeah, someone you're wait, else. You're waiting for Violet to, you know, screw over Corky as well, because she <laughs> is so good. Violet at manipulating. She's all an actor manipulator. My sister was like, she is such a good actress, but she was talking about Violet, not not Jennifer Tilly. She was like, yeah, she's yeah, such yeah, a good sure. actress. And I was like, like she said, not it's work. She's been working yeah. on these people for five years. She is I a professional. When she's in the elevator. <laughs> She calls. She calls Mickey. Going, oh my God! It was Caesar the whole time. He made me do it. He made me. And for a split second, you're almost like, oh God, did she really fucking lose it? Then she hangs up the phone and then just kind of looks off to the side, like, ha, 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 ha. I'm manipulating Dude, these motherfuckers. That whole chase so scene great. is so fucking good because as soon as Caesar gets down on the floor and then he realizes she gets into the elevator, me and my sister laughed hella hard because he goes, ah, oh, fuck, and he has to go right yeah. back up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> No, 
Another funny delivery from uh, from Joey Pants himself mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> his delivery after, um, I believe it's either after Violet helps him get the cops out of the apartment or it's after they get Mickey out of the apartment. I think it's with Mickey. Yeah, it's after. He goes, now that's teamwork. Yeah, that's teamwork. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Joey. Um, so uh, something else, too, I want to quickly talk about is the sex scene, um, which I found out. So little little thing. Last night, Zach and I, we have the Blu-ray. We watched the unrated version. Because I've never seen the unrated version, and I wanted to know what the difference was. I've seen Bound, I think this was my fifth time. So I'm pretty familiar mm-hmm. with the material. After watching the unrated version, I can't really tell you the difference. As far as I know, everything was the exact same as mm-hmm. the theatrical release, R-rated version. So I did some digging, and I found out that the shot that we keep talking about which is the long shot of them making love is different in the unrated version than it is in the R rated version. Uh huh. In the unrated version, it's longer. It's, it's a different take. They use a different take and not because it shows more breast or yeah, more it, ass. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's because it's lit differently. And the only reason it's technically unrated was because the MPAA never got to see this version. <laughs> So that's why it's unrated. And the reason that they the reason they did this is who was the producer on this movie that you mentioned? Um, oh, it's Joel Silver. Joel, it's got to be Joel Silver. Or, or no, no, Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis. Say it again one more time. Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis. So he's Italian. Um, and uh, this movie was cut in Italy. And the Wachowskis suspected, after knowing his work, that... When it comes to a sex scene between two beautiful women, such as Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly... Are we about to do some anti-Italian discrimination? Uh, not really, but some... Just lightly. Some precautionary things were done. Oh! So they were worried, um, and Bill Pope was worried about this too, the DP and another producer, and uh, the technical advisor, uh, I forget her name, I'll pull up her name later, uh, she helped out a lot in the movie. They were worried that they were going to do inserts of boobs and vagina and ass. Having seen some other Dino De Laurentiis yeah. pictures, that's not off. I just, exactly. watched, I just watched Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, no, it's, it's, oh, he, it's very, he's known for it. And he's known for just adding that to film. So Great this is producer, what they did. Though. He produced producer, Evil Dead too. But this is what Bill Pope and the Wachowskis thought up. If it's one long continuous shot if you were to try to throw in an insert, it wouldn't work. Nice. So that's why it is one long continuous shot was because it was their defense from having them just cut in to throw in some male voyeurism. Nice. So that is actually why it's shot that way. And the, uh, yeah, I think the you know, rated version is just, it's lit slightly differently and the, it's just a different take overall. They did that take, I think five or six times. And the main thing was Gina Gershon didn't like, she kept saying that she was overacting with her feet. So she kept insisting <laughs> that they do it again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because it is a good uh, foot shot in this. Um, I mean, you know, having to fake an orgasm, I can't even imagine having to fake that on camera. Yeah. Well, that was something that both Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon said were surprisingly technical. 
Uh, Gina Gershon spoke in an interview saying that, you know, she's done many a sex scenes with male co-stars. And she said there's almost like this weird pressure of trying to be sexy for your co-star. So you really kind of milk it a little bit. Yeah. With this, though, she'd never done a queer sex scene before and neither had Jennifer Tilly. In fact, a lot of actresses passed on this movie, including, uh, help me, the name of the actress from Terminator. Oh, uh, oh, God damn. Sarah Connor, motherfucker. How am I forgetting this? Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton was originally supposed to be, uh, I believe, Corky, but passed on it. Because a lot of actresses were on, there were a lot of actresses uncomfortable with the queer sex scene, apparently, which is too bad. Or maybe it was just that they didn't know who the Wachowskis were. Your first time directors, you know, bada bing, bada boom. But um, Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershon said that it was actually very clinical. It was like, okay, like, if you put your hand here, it'll make my ass look better. Okay, yeah, that's good. Does this feel okay? Okay, that's good. And it was just very, it was just I feel like it would very feel basic better, thing. safer doing that with yeah. another woman. Well, and, not only, and not only safer, this was actually, to my knowledge, and listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was one of the first times that a movie had a um, intimacy coordinator on set. Oh, wow. This oh. was one of the first. And, um, yeah, so basically one of the... Those are my fucking girls, the Wachowskis. God, they're cool. You girls go. They've been been cool for fucking ever. They really have. Everybody watch Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas, too. Those are good movies. I still need to watch Speed Speed Racer. Racer. Have you seen Cloud Atlas? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Watch either. Cloud Atlas. It's a good movie. My mom really um, likes it. There's, there's some yellow face, which is a little weird. But oh, the what? Damn. But anyways, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, so there's a woman called Susie Bright, who is an American author, performer, expert on the subject of sexual politics and sexuality. And she was the technical advisor and or intimacy coordinator for this film. If you watch the movie, you saw her. She's the woman in leather in the bar booth that Jennifer Gershon goes up and you kind of Gina flirts Gershon? with. Gina Gershon, sorry. Goes up and flirts with in the booth. And that's Susie Bright, oh, the wow. technical advisor. She gets cool. a little cameo in the movie. And, uh, yeah, she was a really big uh, role in the whole film of, of making people feel safe on set and making sure that this was shot differently uh, than your typical uh, erotic thriller which I think is just really, really cool because she's a queer person in real life. And she actually, she gave the Wachowskis a big accolades for the queer bar scene. She was like, fuck, man, this is like, this is exactly like the place I go to in San Francisco. <laughs> like, she's like the, the extras that you cast. Everyone looks perfect here. This is great. Um, probably in the Castro district. Um, but yeah, I think it was really cool. And for that sex scene, apparently they put the monitor up like on a crane and up in a very secluded spot. So only like the Wachowskis and very select few people could do that. So this was a closed set mm-hmm. that they did this for. So both actresses felt very, very safe doing this. And it's nice hearing a story about a very good film where everyone on set was just like, huh, God, I like going to work. Yeah. This is yeah. nice. I worked with Gina Gershon. She said she liked doing bound. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, you met Gina Gershon. Yeah, I met Gina oh, Gershon. Oh wow. I'm That's right. So I forgot jealous. that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's so cool. Cool lady. So yeah, she did like a day on Emily the Criminal. Oh, oh that's sweet. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, we, we, there's something else Zach and I talked about watching the movie is like, so Jennifer Tilly, uh, Violet, is so sexy, so gorgeous. Dude. But then you have Corky, 
who is also so sexy and so gorgeous. And you I'd, like, I'd, like to, I'd like to let the queer woman speak on this. Yeah, but I, really quick, I just got to say, yeah, I, bounce back and, we, I go back and forth on, God, who is hotter in this movie? I can't fucking decide. Alexis, take it away. The answer is Joe Pantoliano. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, because, you know, when you see... Well, there's there's obviously something very uh, attractive about somebody who's clearly very dominant, you know, as Gina Gershon's Corky kind of is and just exuding that fucking confidence, the haircut, her lips, her leather jacket. It all just like works in tandem. You're just like, damn, this bitch is fucking cool. And then you fucking see Jennifer Tilly and she has this like Betty Boop, like little curls. She has these tiny little little like glasses and she has like she has a, a you know forgive me for you know being male gazing in this but she's got a rocking fucking bod dude like i remember the first time i ever saw her in the bride of chucky i was like i think i'm in love with this woman and for like my whole yeah. childhood i was like in love with jennifer tilly i was just like i don't know there's something about that voice it's like it's childlike but almost seductive i don't even know yeah. how that yeah, she works sounds like marilyn monroe yeah, yeah. she does Anyways. I described her as the goth Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. 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 It's so, so hot. And um, yeah, so I'm like, but but the thing is, is that you like she's even hotter when you realize, oh, she's just as dominant as Corky is just in a in a in a, in a more subtle way, you know, soft power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and which in in the subtle way that I think that most women kind of have to be like they have to have the illusion of being submissive, especially like in their like day to day life, especially like when you're dealing with like a lot of misogyny or certain types of patriarchal values in your lives as she was with, you know, Caesar and the quote unquote the business. But um, yeah, no, I just I think that Violet might be the hottest because she in many ways is the smartest. Um, she's been biding her time and collecting notes about all these different people who are pretty high up in this like mob business. And she basically is unable to unravel all of it by playing the dumb girl part. And I always love it when a woman fucking plays dumb and fucking succeeds in fucking thrashing the patriarchy. I'm like, manipulating people. Yeah. Yeah. She also has two of the best lines in the movie. One of which I already said is, uh, I believe her final line before she kills Caesar. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the other one is, uh, once Caesar has discovered that Violet and Corky are in a relationship, Oh, goes, yeah. Oh, great Vi, line. Vi, what did she do to you? And uh, <laughs> Violet responds with everything you couldn't. So good. That's how you That's fucking a, cut a man uh, down. Uh, the you, balls. Te- you tell him his dick game weak. Yeah. That'll kill him. There's literally nothing I love more than hurting men's feelings. It's so incredible. It's so tasty. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like going to a Michelin That's, star restaurant. <laughs> And you know, you've linked up with two men who are suckers for pain. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That's why we have such a good dynamic on this podcast. That's why this podcast has been going for, you know, yeah. pushing a year. I used to yeah. make boys cry in the, in kindergarten and first grade. Oh, wow. 
I didn't. It, I wasn't by myself. <laughs> I wasn't by myself. It was me and some other girls. We chased them around the around the yard, and they'd they'd start screaming and they cry. I think you told me that story. That sounds yeah. familiar. And you know, wow. that's funny because I chase Mick around the apartment, <laughs> but I don't cry. Yeah, I want. I'm usually to. giggling. Yeah. So something I really like about this movie is well it's just a quick little thing how hot is it that her earrings corky's earrings are, are the lock, lock picking picks? tools yeah that's so fucking cool that's yeah that so was fierce. i was like yes i love that okay also just the fact that i don't think like i've seen chris maloney in so few things outside of law and order svu but i used to watch law and order svu like religiously as a child i still do yeah crunk, I- crunk. <laughs> For me, Christopher Maloney will always be the cook from Wet, Wet Hot American, American Summer. Summer. Which, that's another uh, great I've still never seen uh, that movie. He delivers the lines, uh, I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go rub yeah. some mud on my, my ass. ass. Yeah, he has some great lines. But uh, can I actually I gotta say... i got to go find my dick cream. <laughs> there's one thing in this movie that doesn't work for me. And I've Is it actually that Christopher Maloney doesn't hump the fridge. It's I've been on the <laughs> fence about it for a long time, but I think last night watching it, I've concretely decided I don't like this part of the movie. Hmm. When Christopher Maloney gets shot, he goes, wait, don't shoot. And then collapses. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, that got a laugh for me. OK, Alexis. Mm, I mean, I, I guess I giggled. I just was like, God, Johnny, you're an idiot. Um I don't know. I Here's the thing is whenever people get shot, I always think to myself, why would they say anything? Their lungs are filling with blood. You know, <laughs> I mean, my first idea yeah, is always their right. lungs are filling with blood. But for me, yeah. that 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 is just something that I that's just a thought that I constantly have yeah. to throw away to remain in a state of what is it? Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. To remain in that, I just have to throw away some of my, my thoughts sometimes, you know, unless it's really glaringly obvious and really takes me out. I don't really mind it. Okay. Cause I think the more I watch it, the more it takes me out. Cause I feel like it's the only part of the movie where it kind of betrays itself in terms of tone. Yeah. I mean, he's a goofy guy, but he's it, it seems it's, it seems like it's from a different film. You I know don't what know. I mean, I think it worked for me mm, as like yeah. something that someone says in shock right before they die. Like yeah. they, he still has it processed. What's I, happened? I to mean, him. sure, the line, but the way it's de- the way it's delivered, it just it seems thought, like it's yeah. it's there for a laugh. I thought it was fine. And I think it's fine to have a line there for a laugh. And I think it's yeah. a laugh that existed within the world of the film. It worked yeah. for me. It was, it was, it was a very, a very serious scene. And I think that was our first reprieve because you, you have all this tension that's going on between Caesar and uh, you, you, Gino and and fucking Johnny and all this Johnny. stuff that's, that's going part, on. That's well, kind of my issue with it was because that's that's the point in the movie where it's like, holy shit, like but, shit really but got real. I think, I think it works because as much as you, you don't hate, think it undercuts it. No, because I think as much as you hate Caesar, like as much as Caesar's kind, right, of, right, right. kind of a rat, you haven't really been given like as many reasons to hate Caesar as you do Johnny right. at this mm-hmm. point. Right. Like he hasn't become sort of the true monster that you see 
at the end of the movie. Right. And I like that that exists as a little victory moment for Caesar because you kind of do want to see him pop this little oh, son of a bitch. I'm not a, and I think I'm not him a, having this little an issue pathetic, with him dying. I, I think this little pathetic exclamation point on it where we do get a little laugh at his expense, I think that works. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not sold. That's, that's Again, I, I think you're right. On my fifth, on my fifth go, because the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, "Okay, I can kind of think." And then I've I've laughed at it, but now I don't know. It's it's the one thing, that, and that's and that's me splitting hairs here. But it's the one thing in this movie that I don't like, amongst everything else that I do mm. like. I just have to I just have to be true to myself and say I, that it's the one thing I don't like. There was like one thing that I wrote down that I was like, oh, in particular, I really love this shot. It's like I think it's an overhead tracking shot of Gino, Johnny and then the henchmen as they're coming down the hallway to meet with up with music. Caesar. I really love that shot because like I think it just really like it it sells the power and presence of Gino um, and the, the mob, you know, itself. Um, and, and it really very much reminds me of the matrix, you know, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of movies that will use, um, overhead tracking shots and not, and even less will use them correctly and well, you know? Yeah. And using the shadows too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. No, I, I, we watched the matrix right after this and the, the scene, the opening scene with Trinity where she's escaping the agents and you don't really know, you know if you've lived under a rock and you don't know what the matrix is, right. mm-hmm. um, you don't know who she is or what's going on. Um, they, one, they use like a similar visual language to establish the agents, but also like that apartment building. I was like, this could be a more rundown version yeah. of the bound apartment mm-hmm. complex. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. it looks very similar. Like I said, they look like they exist in the same world. In some yeah. way. And yeah. you know, which is very funny because the Wachowskis, have like evolved their visual style so right. much. Like beyond Bound and The Matrix, they never made another movie that looked like that. Yeah, which is almost too bad. Ah, uh, but their so other movies beautiful. are so beautiful. So I, they, Zach yeah, said something on innovating girls. when we were watching the movie. You said that it looks like they very much love comic books. Yeah, which they. I is believe true. they came up through the comic book world. They did, and apparently, both the Wachowskis and Bill Pope, the cinematographer, lo- talked about their mutual love of uh, Frank Miller, which oh, was that makes a lot of sense. A big, big influence on the visual language of Bound. Who's That's Frank why Miller? it's kind of shot the way it is. Uh, Frank Miller was a comic book uh, writer and artist who came up at the same time yeah. as, like, Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman. He did a lot of Batman mm. stuff. Uh, he did, he did uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, mm. He did a long run on Daredevil, and he did 300 That's and true. Uh, Sin City. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm not a big comic book person, but I am familiar with that, and you can tell. It's very much that comic booky kind of style, the uh, uh, graphic novel look, which is so cool. Yeah, there's a cut... Uh, where Corky is listening to uh, the torture of Shelly on the other side of the wall in her bathroom, mm-hmm. and you see like the vibrations of the beating in her toilet, mm-hmm. and then you see drops of blood start to drop in the toilet, and you pull back to reveal that we're now in Violet's apartment watching Shelly get beaten in the other bathroom. Mm-hmm. That That feels like something that you would like because I, I, I grew up reading comics. That feels like 
like panels that you would see mm-hmm. beside each other. You know, you've got like a, a panel of the toilet in Corky's apartment. Right. You've got a panel of the vibrations in the water. Then you've got a panel of blood landing in the toilet. And then you see that we're in the other apartment. Like it, I don't know. It feels like a progression of images that you would read mm-hmm. while reading a comic book. Yeah. Um, probably storyboarded to hell. Yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, sure. Honestly. Oh my God. I would kill to see the Wachowski storyboards of this movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I fucking, I had such a good time watching this again. I don't have anything else to add. If Alexis, anything else you want to bring to the table here? Uh, no, other than it has my sister's stamp of approval and we love that. Hell yeah, a Vitio family stamp of approval. We got it. Uh, yeah. It I may just... not be a steamy period piece, but it is steamy. Oh, yeah. It sure Very is steamy. steamy. Yes. Uh, I would just like to wrap up by saying that I'm so glad we've gotten to a Wachowski movie. Uh, That's right, our first one. Yeah, The Matrix uh, was probably one of the most significant movies for me getting into the craft of filmmaking. Uh, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I think it's so wildly entertaining. I, I don't need to go on a whole rant about The Matrix. If you haven't seen it, figure it out. The sequels are good, too. And if you tell me they're not, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fight you in the street. Uh, they're all on our shelf. Are they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, my Matri- yeah. My Matrix uh, box set has all four. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm very happy that we have given the Wachowskis their credit. Because also, like, how fucking cool is it that, like... Two trans women made what might be like the most significant genre amalgamation since yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. And it is a story yeah. that is a, a trans allegory. I mean, fuck. God, they're so cool. I, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. Again, out of all of the directors that we spoke about of having very impressive directorial debuts, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm waxing poetic. I don't think this is hyperbole when I say that I think out of all of them, Perhaps my favorite, and I think personal, just I'm just so impressed by it, is Bound. Yeah, might be. It's so strong. It's such a strong first film. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Well, that brings us to our the end of our first entry. <laughs> That's of right. Queer Cinema Month. That's right. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride yeah. Month, everybody. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fantastic. Be uh, proud. So what are we talking about next? Yeah, because I, I believe Alexis had a recommendation last week that I could I could get behind, which is a film that I've seen and would be very down to rewatch because I haven't seen it since I was very young. Ooh, what is it? Uh, Alexis recommended Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning. OK, yeah, that was I actually, haven't seen that. Yeah, that was actually a suggestion from my coworker on the last movie that I was working on. They are also they're 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 a gay woman. And um, so they were like, oh, well, why don't you do Paris is Burning? And I was like, you know, that is an idea for sure. Um, are, so. are we all good with that? I'm da- I've never yeah. seen it. I'd be down to watch it. Wonderful. All right. Well, then, yeah. Next, Paris is what year is that from? Uh, next week's movie 91. will be Paris is Burning. Uh, 1990. 1990. It's a okay. 1990 documentary directed by Jenny Livingston. We're still in the 90s. And uh, you can find it on uh, HBO Max, which is now fucking Max, which is so stupid. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's yeah. a name of I had of to download guy. a whole different app. It was, and, but yeah. then my yeah, log, I, I wanna... didn't even have to re-log in. It was so weird. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah today's it, episode uh, is not brought to you by Max. It is not brought to you by Max. <laughs> it is brought to you by uh, the continued strikes in Hollywood. We're going to have donation links in the show notes for this again. That's right. Mm-hmm. All power to the workers. All power to um, the workers. I myself m- must go back to work after this. <laughs> indeed. The, the greater good. The greater good. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find Paris is Burning. And if you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And keep on sending in those recommendations for queer films that I could pick for my week. Yes. Uh, you can both drop them in the comments on this episode, or you can send them in to our email, filmmajorspod at gmail.com. Please write us, folks. Yeah, send us, send us something in. You Woo. are why we do what we do. Woo. Well, it's also movies, but we, it's, it's the fans as well. Fans Woo. and movies. <laughs> Love it. All right, folks. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.